If you're a regular consumer of this show, you've been presented with the idea that U.S. hegemony has a negative effect on the rest of the world, and you also have been presented with the idea that it has a negative effect on its own citizens. Also not a new idea is that big tech companies are not private, and it's not any surprise to you to hear that the military intelligence complex works hand in glove with Silicon Valley corporations. To thicken the plot, Twitter, Facebook, and other social media companies have removed President Trump from their platforms. So while you may think it's fine to shut down this big orange blowhard, there are repercussions that we should consider. To further explore this topic, first we'll hear from Richard Medhurst, then we'll hear from Chris Hedges, and finally from Caitlin Johnstone. Don't think for one second they will stop at Trump. This is my point to you. And in my again, going back to what I said initially, these are not private companies, man. When they're working with the NSA, when they're working on the behalf of the government, they are not private companies. Stop being so fucking dumb and, and uh, you know, delusional about it, right? And I, I would love to see some consistency from all the people who are saying that what Donald Trump and his supporters, um, you know, uh, incitement to violence and glorifying violence is not allowed. I would love you to say that about my country, about what you know, has happened in Syria. I would love for you to say that about what's happened in Bolivia. I would love for you to say that about what's happened in Venezuela. I would love for you to say that about Iran, Afghanistan. Where is it? Why, why aren't you fighting white supremacy and violence and fascism and glorification of violence when Trump was doing it in other places or when your colleagues were doing it, right? It's, it's okay for Joe Biden to say he's gonna, you know, slap Iran with sanctions. Sanctions kill people, they murder civilians. Children starve to death, they don't get medicine. That's not a glorification of violence. That's not a threat. Like, what is wrong with you? Why this double standard? Why the double standard? It's because they're complicit. So why is it okay for Joe Biden to perpetrate violence on people in other countries, children in other countries, and also to incarcerate people in our country? Joe Biden has incited lots of violence and we don't say anything about it because as Richard says, we are complicit. While many are applauding the ban of Donald Trump, Chris Hedges warns that this sort of thing could backfire. To allow these companies to essentially function as de facto platforms for censorship and manipulation harkens back to the way civil liberties were eviscerated in the wake of 9-11, says Hedges. It's always, in the end, the left that pays for this kind of censorship. And that's pretty much the same point that Richard was just making. Chris, can you start off by responding to Twitter permanently banning Donald Trump? Well, Twitter, uh, all of these digital platforms are not neutral arbiters. In fact, they're, of course, for-profit corporations with close ties to the security state. And if you look back over the past few years, uh, they have imposed heavy forms of censorship and interference, primarily on the left and in particularly on WikiLeaks. Uh, so they blocked the ability for WikiLeaks to accept donations on PayPal and every other platform. Uh, they uh, every time WikiLeaks would hold a press conference, uh, they would uh, there would be interference, electronic interference. People couldn't get in the room. Uh, they've used algorithms. Uh, and then we saw, again, their very partisan activity during the campaign when they locked the New York Post out of its own Twitter account uh, because it had published stories about the revelations uh, found on the uh, discarded or abandoned laptop from uh, Hunter Biden, which uh, in retrospect, 
suspect have proved proven quite serious. Glenn Greenwald took a very heroic stance on this, and uh, the Intercept wouldn't publish his story. Uh, so to allow these opaque and remember, these companies know everything about us. We know nothing about them. To allow these companies to essentially function as de facto platforms for censorship and manipulation, and I'm not in any way minimizing what happened last week, uh, harkens back to uh, the way civil liberties were eviscerated in the wake of 9-11. Uh, the Patriot Act, which the great civil rights attorney Michael Ratner called a coup d'etat, the 2002 authorization to use military force act. Uh, so responding to a crisis, and I think we do live in a crisis, I have written about this right-wing nativist fascist. My book, American Fascist, came out in 2006. So I want to stop there and take issue with just right-wing fascism, because even though I consider Joe Biden to be a right-winger, other people don't. And Joe Biden's and Barack Obama's and Hillary Clinton's fascism is in many ways worse than Donald Trump's. And I've also said recently that instead of focusing on Donald Trump supporters who are upset about possible election fraud, very possible election fraud, we should be focusing on the oligarchs. When we focus on each other instead of on the oligarchs, then we're doing exactly what they want. I'm very cognizant of the very real threat that we face, but to respond by, in essence, empowering these private corporations to function as censors over billions of people uh, will come back to haunt us, and we see that because it's not just Trump they target, it's always in the end the left that, that pays for this kinds of censorship. So in the words of Richard Medhurst, we need to stop being so fucking dumb if we're celebrating Donald Trump's being banned. And we also need to stop being so fucking dumb to reject right-wing populists in the movement against the oligarchy. Left and right-wing populists, and, and right-wing is a misnomer as we've explained over the last few days, but populists of every stripe need to join together and overthrow our government. We need to stop fighting amongst ourselves. We, the people, need to unite. And the one thing we can all agree on, even in the face of blistering mainstream media propaganda, is the idea that American workers are all getting screwed economically. The bottom 90% is owed a lot of money if you consider how much we've been producing since the 1970s. The surplus in our production that advancing technology allows has not gone into our pockets. It's gone into the pockets of the 1%, the 0.01%, and especially the 0.001%. So the bottom 90% all should be making substantially more in wages than they currently are. If we can agree on that, then we can start going after the right people instead of after each other. And we'll end with this piece by Caitlin Johnstone. Americans only care about America. Their rulers only care about world domination. Ever since November 3rd, the American political slash media class have been keeping Democrats fixated on Trump's post-election shenanigans with garment-rending urgency, now going so far as to call for yet another oxygen-sucking impeachment as he's on his way out the door while millions of Americans are struggling just to meet their basic needs. You wouldn't know it from the dominant chatter, but Trump's impotent attempts to reverse the election results don't rank anywhere remotely near the top 10 worst things this president has done while in office. 
which include vetoing attempts to end the world's worst mass atrocity in Yemen, escalating world-threatening cold wars with both Russia and China, murdering untold tens of thousands of Venezuelans with starvation sanctions, pushing Iran to the brink of war by assassinating its top military commander, expanding the war on terror, and rolling back airstrike regulations designed to protect civilians. U.S. political discourse hasn't reflected the fact that Trump's foreign policy has been far more atrocious than anything he's done domestically, and certainly anything he's done since November, because news media coverage does not reflect this fact. News media coverage does not reflect this fact because Western news media regard imperialism and mass military slaughter as normal U.S. presidential stuff and do not regard brown-skinned foreigners as human. I point this out because it's good to note as Trump leaves office that he spent his entire administration advancing murderous imperialist agendas which spilled very real blood from very real human beings while mainstream America barely even noticed. Their attention was drawn instead to endless narrative theater which had no impact whatsoever on the concrete actions taken by the U.S. government's executive branch. Their gaze was kept fixated on meaningless political drama while the war machine marched on unseen. Americans are famously uninterested in the rest of the world to such an extent that you can only get them to watch a British sitcom if it's remade with American actors and they don't know that having your nation's flag flying all over your neighborhood isn't normal. The story of Kanye and Kim's divorce is going to generate more news media views than the entirety of the Yemen war since it began. This lack of interest in war and foreign policy is mighty peculiar seeing how the people who run their country make it their primary focus. Americans only care about America while their rulers only care about the rest of the world. This is entirely by design. Americans fixate on America while ignoring the rest of the world not because they are genetically prone to self-obsessed navel-gazing, but because their attention is being constantly and deliberately manipulated away from the stage upon which their government is perpetrating monstrous acts. The nationless alliance of plutocrats and government agencies who drive the U.S. government's foreign policy cannot have the common riffraff interfering in their affairs. Immense amounts of energy have gone into preventing the rise of an anti-war movement in the hub of the empire, like the one which began shaking the earth in the 60s and 70s, with propaganda playing a leading role in this suppression. The U.S. is far too important in the operation of the empire-like power alliance which sprawls across the earth to permit its inhabitants to interfere in its operations by using the power of their numbers to force their nation's wealth and resources to be used at home. So propaganda is used to hold their attention inside America's borders. Here's a tweet by Stephen Wertheim. The danger for American elites is not that the U.S. may become less able to accomplish geopolitical objectives. Rather, it is that more Americans might begin to question the logic of U.S. global hegemony. That was a quotation from Richard Hanania. In an excellent Palladium essay published last month titled China's Real Threat is to America's Ruling Ideology, Richard Hanania argues that the example China sets as a nation rising to superpower status by relatively peaceful and lawful means is deeply threatening to the orthodoxy promoted by Western imperialists. If the world in general, and Americans in particular, were to become more conscious of how a civilization can succeed and thrive without waging endless wars in the name of freedom and democracy, they might begin calling for such an order themselves. 
While most Americans will never experience a ride on a Chinese bullet train and remain oblivious in differences in areas like infrastructure quality, major accomplishments and highly visible frontiers like space travel or cancer treatment could drive home the extent to which the U.S. has fallen behind, Hanania concludes. Under such conditions, the best case scenario for most Americans would be a nightmare for many national security and bureaucratic elites. For the U.S. to give up on policing the world and instead turn inward and focus on finding out where exactly our institutions have gone wrong. In other words, China's rise threatens to reverse the carefully engineered dynamic which has Americans looking inward while their government points its attention outward. If Americans begin turning their gaze internationally and use the power of their numbers to force their government to heal and nurture their crumbling nation, it would spell the end for the imperialists. But it could also be the beginning of a peaceful and harmonious world.